Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to The Bigger Picture, brought to you by the British Film Institute and recorded live this time around at producer Peter Sale's house, which is very nice, isn't it, Anna? It's a very special occasion, I'm really just... I've got a question for you. Have you and a gang of friends ever found an old treasure map, jumped on your shopper bikes and headed out to find its treasure, only to stumble into the den of a deadly criminal gang before jumping down a fireplace into a grotto that leads to a ghostly lake complete with a ghostly pirate ship? Funnily enough, um... Not exactly that, but I did one time at a camp find a set of human teeth and then we went on a whole spin-off mystery trying to find out whether the camp monitors were actually planning to kill us or not. Christ alive. The podcast script says hilarity, (laughs) but we've strayed into tragedy or horror or morbidity. (laughs) Which is very on brand. But also this question just assumes that I had friends growing up, which is incorrect. (laughs) Again, tragic. Anyway, I asked because this time around we're going to be talking about The Goonies, re-released in 4K just recently. Before that, Anna, what have you been watching? Well, I was very ill all of this past week, so I couldn't really watch anything too intellectually challenging. (laughs) So in my feverish days, I binge-watched all of the third season of Santa Clarita Diet. What's Santa Clarita Diet? It's a show on our favourite streaming platform, which stars Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant as a couple, and Drew Barrymore's character becomes undead and needs to eat human flesh in order to survive. I want to be about more than just eating people, but I also really enjoy eating people. It's funny, it's gory, it's bloody, it's really fluffy as well, if you can imagine something that involves a lot of disemboweling and um, conversations about giant spiders and undead people in Knights of Serbia to be fluffy. It is. Yesterday, we were about to lose everything. Today, things are good. Life's getting back to normal. Our mutant spider ball is sick and the Nazi meat rotted. You're the one who wanted to keep living with us. And they've got a really perky charm and chemistry to them, Oliphant and Barrymore. Will you take this woman to be your wife for the next thousand years or so? It's perfectly fluffy fun, especially for when you're a little bit ill. Can we acknowledge it's weird? And it's not trying to be dark on purpose. It's sort of in the vein of Pushing Daisies, which is a show I really loved from the early 2000s. Sounds R-rated Goonies-esque, almost. (laughs) You could say. What about you? What have you been watching? I've got three little things that I'm going to go through very quickly. The first one, which I've been watching on our favourite streaming platform, which is, of course, the BFI Player, is Sorry to Bother You, the Boots Riley film that was out, I think, late last year. 
I just really need a job. 40 on two. It's about a telemarketer. This is telemarketing. Stick to the script. Hey, hello. Uh, Mr. Davison, cash the screen here. Sorry to bother. Who learns that he can suddenly become more successful if he uses his quote-unquote white voice. Let me give you a tip. You want to make some money here? Use your white voice. My white voice? I'm never talking about Will Smith's wife. Like this young blood. Hey, Mr. Kramer. This is Langston from Regal View. As always, we'll be getting that out to you right away. You're doing so good with the voice thing. Holla, 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 holla. It's fantastic. It's about race. It's about politics. It's about protest in the modern era. You're going upstairs, power caller. They even have their own elevator. Welcome, power caller. I hope you did not masturbate today. We need you sharp and ready to go. The second thing is an interview with Keanu Reeves, which is in GQ magazine, which is amazing. I mean, you know I love Keanu. I've also read this. It's excellent. So good. The best thing about it is it tackles the quote-unquote Keanu is stupid thing. Socrates. Oh, it's under Socrates. Oh, yeah. With talking about how many books he's read and we all know that if we read books we're super intelligent so i'm not saying that they are creating another facsimile of what keanu might be like but i might be saying that he's not quite as clever as they paint anyway we'll talk more about that next time i'm sure the last thing is a video game called cuphead and this is an incredible side-scrolling shooty thing but the thing that you'd love about it is that it's all based on animation that's in 1930s disney slash max fleischer style so it's all kind of jerky animation with lots of kind of people bobbing and clicking as you play. And it's amazing. You should check it out. Truffle shuffling onto the Goonies. Richard Donner's fancy adventure follows a group of kids as they search for 17th century pirate treasure amid the pantsuits and pixie cuts of 1980s Oregon. Nothing, not booby traps, a criminal gang, nor rampaging hormones can stand in their way. Here's a clip. Look, mister, I need a ride. My friends and I just had a run-in with these really disgusting people. You might have heard of them, the Fratellis. Well, we found their hideout. And could you please, please take me to the sheriff's station? I can describe all three of them. So, Henry, you just shocked me because you've just said that you actually never liked and still do not like the Goonies. I don't. I watched it again a few days ago and I still don't like the Goonies. And I know I'm in a tiny minority about that. So when did you first experience it? I watched it, I think, first time when I was 18. And you didn't fall in love with it instantly? I didn't, and I think the age is a crucial thing, right? Because I remember watching something like Alan Parker's Bugsy Malone when I was eight or so, and it's a grown-up story, but it's translated into a kid's world. And the kind of 1930s gangster era that it's translated into felt incredibly glamorous. The foam pie thing was really fun, and I wanted to be a gangster with a Tommy gun. But when I watched The Goonies at 18, I didn't find the world romantic or glamorous. If anything, I found it kind of shabby, a bit drippy, and a bit... (sighs) grungy to be honest they spend an awful lot of time in the criminal gang's basement hiding underneath a fireplace it just feels kind of dank and nasty rather than fun and fantasy you want a candy bar you do now look i got a baby ruth sir i'm gonna throw it to you okay (laughs) 
all of those things that you were just describing are the good things about the Goonies. I know. I think it is sort of crunchy. It is sort of drippy. It is kind of nasty as well, but that's the charm of it. It's sort of incredibly 80s and it's not trying to pretend to live in another era. No, it's Whether not. it's Bugsy Malone is trying to pretend it's basically putting kids in a fake noir movie. Yeah, and we made a thing of it being set in the 80s with the pantsuits and pixie cuts things, but it's not stereotypically 80s. And I do appreciate that because there's nothing worse than seeing a film that looks completely of its era. Do you think it's not stereotypically 80s? I don't, well, maybe it's not from a modern point of view, whereas I would say that Back to the Future, for example, feels like a stereotyped film from that era or a nostalgic film from that era this is missing the gloss and the sheen which usually i appreciate but weirdly in this case i'm like i just don't like how dirty it is <laughs> and i can't understand why we spend quite so much time with the fratellis who that kind of amazing opening sequence aside are not that interesting as the kind of evil protagonist gang that they're running away from what do you want yeah. of water. Four waters is that all? Yes. No. I want the Vila Scalapine. I want a Scriptione Alfredo. A bottle of Vittichina in 1981. The only thing we serve is tongue. You boys like tongue? <laughs> That's all? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of, I think, to do with the screenwriter, Chris Columbus, who is well known for doing kind of children-themed movies, very beloved, a lot of them, including the first two Harry Potter films and uh, the Home Alone movies. So he's got a way of creating very cartoonish bad guys. If you think about the bad guys in Home Alone, they're a perfect counterpoint to the Fratellis as well, because they're sort of novelly threatening to us as adults. They're sort of villains seen through a child's point of view, where they're over the top and just grotesque and they don't really have personalities or lives. They're just mean and nasty, but never actually fully hurt anyone. It's just a threat. And what works so brilliantly, I think, about that first setup, it's not we're not meant to care about fratellis. We're just meant to fear them in a really kind of ogreish kind of way. Which then becomes really funny because they're the other fratelli, which is Sloth, who kind of is looks like an ogre basically. He kind of looks like a real life Shrek, is actually the sweetest one of them and becomes one of the Goonies himself. Go join your friends, you widows. Are you What age were you when you watched it? Probably around 11 or 12. So kind of peak age in order to be seduced by it and want to have a gang of friends like the Goonies and want to have all of the little gadgets that would, you know, help me out of a cave if I ever found myself <laughs> in a cave chasing down a lost treasure. So you watched it and felt like you wanted to be part of the gang. That you wanted That's to be there what with I them. think I remember. But even now, I've rewatched the movie multiple, multiple times as a as an older teenager, as a young adult, a couple of days ago. And it's I still find it so charming. 
And it's charming because of its dustiness and griminess in a way. And the fact that there is, as an adult, you watch it and you see a lot of the kind of the real life problems that were plaguing some of the characters in The Goonies that are never really explicitly articulated, but they're there in the background in a way that a child would perceive them, right? Most notably, the protagonist's parents are having to leave their house because their house is going to be demolished by a big developer because they can't afford to pay it off or something like that. And it's never really super explained. The only fact that the kids know is that their parents need money, they need to move out of the house, and it's sad because it's their home. And you see kind of all of that in the background, kind of the development of their little town, all of these threatening kind of circumstances around them, you know, the bullying of Chunk as well, all of these things take another layer. But when you're a kid and when you're growing up, you just see them in the way that a kid would, you know, they're just these auras of darkness that you can't really explain or understand, but you sort of feel responsible, even though you shouldn't be feeling responsible. And I think that's the thing that really connects to, I think, any kid when you watch it, maybe at the right age, or at any age still, you sort of remember having that feeling of impotence, but also of wanting to help and wanting to contribute something and save something in a way. It's Chunk. I just saw the most amazing thing in my entire life. First, you got to do the truffle shuffle. Come on. Do it! Come on! Do it! And this is a fantasy fulfillment for any kid who's felt powerless, I think, because you imagine this far-fetched situation where you will magically almost be able to fix adult problems, which is what they do. Yeah, I agree. I just think that that seed is planted when you're a kid, when you see that film, and then it's grown because you drop into the fantasy world and you want to believe in that world. And so another example of something like that is Hook, Mm -hmm. which I remember, again, watching when I was about eight or ten years old. That is another Spielbergian world that I want to enter into and with a gang of kids that I really want to be a part of. I want to be in the middle of that food fight throwing day-glow food around at each other, imaginary food at each other. Hey, Pockets! I watched it at a time when that feeling was so strong. And I hear what you're saying about picking up on grown-up issues seen through a child's eyes. But you need to be a child to see the child's eye side of it, for me at least. And watching Hook again now, my partner Georgie made this point. It was really spot on, I thought, is... It's a kind of film exec's fantasy of what it's like to be a child because it's all about a grown man, Peter Mm -hmm. Pan, kind of recapturing his youth and learning how to play again. So that film was made purely in a way for grown-ups to rewatch and be like, oh, yeah, I need to remind myself of how important my kids are and how fleeting this time is. Which Uh, kind of supports the purity of The Goonies. It does. Uh, Yeah, I guess The Goonies is a purer film, but I can't watch The Goonies as an 18-year-old unless I watch Hook first, because I need to recapture my youth first in order to understand what The Goonies is all about. The Goonies really also reminds me of a film that just came out, which is The Kid Who Would Be King by Joe Cornish. I haven't seen that one, but I know you have. And there was a lot of talk about that film. I didn't like it very much, but Joe Cornish's intention with that film was to be really earnest about what it's like to be a kid and to be really enthusiastic about that feeling of a friendly gang mentality that these kids have together when big grown-up issues come knocking at the door. You're a king, Alexander. The sword chose you. 
Why would we help you? Because you're the strongest people I know. You're my knights. And this is the round table. Quick, Bettis, lift up the flaps. Oh my God, you're such a nerd. And so a lot of grown-up critics didn't respond to it because it felt too serious and too earnest and too antic because of it. And in a way, watching The Goonies feels like that for me, that I appreciate that so many people love it. I can't get my adult hooks into it, if you know what I mean. I'm just, my kid's brain is kind of too buried deep down. God, I'm making myself sad. I'm too deep so down sad to kind of find a hook into the film. And it doesn't help that the world it's set in, again, is kind of grubby and nasty and a bit dank and horrible. I'm really surprised that you would really respond to something like Hook, which is sort of grubby and nasty and also really day-glow colourful by design, like you say. And I think it is really spot on. It's like, it is like a child's fantasy, but designed by a nostalgic exec. Yeah. Uh, Whether it's The Goonies is grubby and nasty, but as if kids had designed the movie. Yeah. Like it's sort of fantastical in that sense, but realistic, <laughs> especially I think <laughs> with kind of the, you know, the MacGyver kid character who just designs all of these bonkers things in order to solve problems that yeah. don't really exist. Maybe deep down when I was eight, I was, oh my God, full Oprah here. Maybe deep down when I was eight, I had a mini film exec inside of me, basically. So I was like a reverse hook. So I was just a deeply serious person with this candy-coated kid exterior. I'm just seeing the origin of so many of your issues, but just (laughs) judging by the fact that you cannot connect with the Goonies. One thing I did connect with that the Goonies strongly, strongly inspired, in fact, kind of basically wrote the blueprint for was Stranger Things, which does that thing of giving you a child's world and giving you adult jeopardy within that world, but the adult jeopardy is very, very, very real. fair to it in the goonies it is as well they stumble upon a dead body in a freezer like Mm -hmm. it's not like danger is just around is removed it's literally just around the corner and in stranger things as well you have if they stray too far into this place called the upside down it feels too grown up that they've kind of strayed too far and it's and the consequences of that are lethal i think as an adult i can relate to that more because danger does feel closer to you when you grow up and you start to understand the risks in life and you become a little bit chained by them as well so stranger things felt like a proper or the perfect refit of the Goonies formula for grown-ups like me who couldn't connect with it because they saw it too late. I think you've tapped into two things, actually. One of them is the fact that Stranger Things, as well as Hook, are seeped in nostalgia, adult nostalgia for childhood. Whether that feeling doesn't really exist or is as loudly spoken in the Goonies, which kind of exists in the present, in its own present, if you know what I mean. Like you mentioned before, it doesn't really feel like a capsule of its time. I sort of disagree. It does feel extremely 80s, but because it exists in this kind of separate world almost that the kids create for themselves either as escapism from kind of real life issues that are just hinted at they're not made to be the main thing as in you know when the stranger things that is their mission you know that is the thing that is like their friend is kidnapped and then there's all of this like supernatural stuff going on as well so they're fully immersed in an adult world they don't get to be kids that much anymore in fact some of the most tender scenes is when after all of the darkness that has befallen them and everything that they have to kind of sludge and go through. They get to have a couple of, you know, teenage kid moments as well. I told you a million times, my teeth are coming in. It's called cleidocranial dysplasia. 
and they become so much more meaningful because actually their childhood has been ripped away from them with all of the darkness that they have to deal with. That doesn't really exist in the Goonies. The darkness is always there, like the dead body, the fratellis, the impending kind of demolishment of their house and all of this. But at the same time, it does exist in a sort of still childlike scenario. It's not nostalgic. It's not made by adults trying to remember how it felt like being a kid. It's kind of made by kids who are enjoying being kids and can fantasize about kind of pirate ships and discovering something just underneath their house that nobody can see, that adults cannot see. And I think Sloth is a really good example of that point because he's like a child as well. He's sort of, um, you know, treated really poorly and abused by his family, the Fatalis. He's chained in a basement and just fed baby through chocolate bars and made to watch TV and kind of treated like a monster and a baby of some sort, which is a creepy image. But then when he connects with Chunk and he becomes one of the Goonies, he's only allowed in that bad because he's got that sense of childlike wonder and, you know, like borderline superhuman strength. But, you know, that's a bonus. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Sloth, you're going to live with me now. I'm going to take care of you. Because I love you. But adults are not really allowed part of that group. And even the teenagers, so the older kids, so Brand and the two girls, are only allowed in because they're not as cool as the rest of their peers. They're not as concerned with like getting late and getting drunk. The girl, one of the girls kind of pretends to for a little bit by going out with one of the jocks, but actually they're more interested in solving the mystery and finding the treasure, which again connects them to that childlike wonder, which is very Spielbergian, if that's the word. But... (laughs) It's a lot pure. It's not tainted by, you know, I wonder if nostalgic that purity, looking back. No, I, I agree with that. I wonder if that purity comes from Richard Donner because Spielberg is, you know, known for being the grown up who never really grew up. Mm-hmm. And his stories, his childhood stories are always tinged with that sadness. And I'll stop talking about Spielberg before I turn into bloody Dawson Leary. But 
Richard Donner directed later on the, uh, the Omen and then Superman and things like that. But if you watch behind the scenes videos of Richard Donner directing this film, there's such a sweetness to those in that he seems like a genuinely lovely man struggling to keep all these kids together mm-hmm. and get a film made on time. And there's just a joy to everything that he's doing. And you don't often see that on behind the scenes stuff. Usually a director looks frankly bored with the film they're making as they're making it, or they look stressed out by a budget, but he looks stressed out and look like he's enjoying everything as well. And I, I feel like maybe that carried it through a bit more into that kid space that we've been talking about, which is weird in itself, because when he brought out Superman, there was an awful lot of talk about how he was one of the first directors to treat superheroes seriously, mm-hmm. and that these weren't just children's stories. These were grown-up stories that could be told through a child-friendly focus. So it feels like maybe this was the film where he just wanted to be a kid again and he managed to recapture that kind of glory that he had. So once I get to Richard Donner's age, he was about, what, 50-odd when he directed this, perhaps then I can be happy again. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think then that, I mean, it's being released now in 4K and it's been a beloved classic for decades now. Most people who have a heart and a soul (laughs) love it. For people coming to it for the first time, maybe in the cinema... Do you think it's saying something new or is it almost tainted by every single film and kind of crazy kid caper film and series that it's influenced? I think it would be like going back and listening music reference to The Them when you'd heard a band like, I don't know, The Cribs. Now you're kind of going back to the blueprint of where this stuff came from. So if you've seen Stranger Things and you watch The Goonies, I think you'll be blown away a little bit, actually, because you'd be like, it's so similar in so many ways, even down to the composition of the gang. There's the slightly fat, funny kid. There's the brainy one. There's the cool one. They all ride around on chopper bikes. Like, it's a very, very conscious rephrasing of The Goonies, and it's it's seen in that way purposefully, and I think people will really enjoy that. Kids coming to this film now might enjoy it for the darkness as well. Like, I feel like it's a lot grimmer and a lot darker in a positive way for some kids than something they might see like I don't know Despicable Me which is a bit kind of shinier and more fun I don't know if it's without going too boring down this road like it's a bit problematic in terms of how it shows the Asian American Mm. character who's kind of the brainiac scientist one also I kind of disagree with what you were saying about Sloth in that I get that he's childlike and innocent and fun so that he can be part of the gang. He's also childlike and innocent and fun because he's got learning difficulties, essentially, and he's been chained up in a basement. So that's my very grown-up, proper analysis of the film. It is a bit dull, but I wonder if people respond to that in the same way now. It is problematic the way they treat Chunk as well. Yeah, totally. (laughs) There's a lot of fat shaming going on. (laughs) Even in the name of the character, Chunk. Although he does eat all the time. (laughs) So, you know, show some (laughs) self-control. (laughs) <laughs> well, but isn't that another kind of problematic element? It's like, oh, he's shown eating all the time because obviously he's overweight, so he must be eating all yeah, the time, totally. isn't he? It's yeah. the thing that he does. Again, how much he of is it... the most charismatic and funniest he is. character? And, he, and if there. there's an interview with um, the actor and Terry yeah. Wogan, which is fantastic, like he's just holding the stage. I mean, Terry Wogan was a charismatic guy, but mm-hmm. this kid who's about 10 or 11 at the time is just blowing him away. What about the eating? I mean, you're. You're not. <laughs> do, you, do you eat a lot? No, I'm into salads and aerobics. <laughs> and I love that about the film that the kids exist around the film and have carry those personalities out into the world with them because they're kids. Of course mm-hmm. they would. You know, his character is interesting, but if you were going to be kind to it and generous, you could say that that is how kids see their larger friends sometimes, that they are a bit like, you're fat because you eat all the time. And kids don't have that filter where they're oh, thinking, I, don't think I need to be sensitive even, like, about body Oh, I don't think there's even like, you're fat because you eat all the time. It's just you're fat. This is a fact of life. Yeah. So Let's we're going to make you fun of you. It. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm aware that I've been, as ever, jaded and down and a bit blur about the Goonies. Some but- brand. 
you love it. Tell me your favorite scene. Go on, geek out. A yes, bit. I love it because I am not dead inside. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, I have not had kids, so I'm not dead inside. Yeah. Because they that. haven't killed you inside. Exactly. <laughs> when I rewatched it, I mean, I remember moments, the iconic moments. I remember the vibe and the sense of the film very, very well. But as I was rewatching it, I was absolutely bawling at the scene where Corey Feldman's character, who's this kind of sassy, loud mouth of the group. Hi, mom. Hi, hi, hi. Is pretending to help out the mother of Sean Astin's character, who obviously has some sort of like weird crush on. Um, boys, Rosalita doesn't speak a word of English. And she comes in with a cleaner who doesn't speak any English, and he very kindly offers to translate for her. Mrs. Walsh, I speak perfect Spanish. And if it's any help to you, I'd be glad to communicate with Rosalia. And then she takes the cleaner around the tour of the house, showing her where to clean stuff and like where everything should go. And he just translates into this extremely aggressive, dark shit. This is my supply closet. You'll find everything you need. Brooms, dustpans, insect spray. Si no hace buen trabajo, será encerrada aquí con las cucarachas por dos semanas. And this is where they will put you if you don't clean properly. <laughs> and this is where we'll put you for two weeks without any food or water. Now, Rosalita, this is the attic. Mr. Walsh doesn't like anybody up here, ever. I guess that's why it's always open. so bad, but lleno de los instrumentos de And this is where the mister of the house's sexual torture devices are held. Okay, Rosie? Okay. You're going to be very happy. <laughs> and then the clothes goes, heroin at the top. Exactly. <laughs> the way that Corey Feldman delivers these lines, and I actually don't know if he improvised them, I would not be surprised if he had improvised all of those scenes, is just hilarious. And obviously the lost in translation for me as a Spanish speaker as well is particularly funny. So I found that really hilarious even now all right i'm gonna watch it again when i'm 50 and maybe come around to it bye mrs walsh bye adios señorita that's it from us this time around we're on twitter i'm at henry h barnes and anna i'm an anna be demented the bigger picture brought to you by the bfi is produced by our brother peter sale who we keep chained up in a wet basement and feed only on scraps you can hear more of pete's work at petersale.co.uk we'll be back in two weeks when finally we'll be talking about keanu sweet sweet keanu this is the moment henry has been waiting for thanks for to destination year. wedding and, and john, john wick, wick three <laughs> in the meantime your last line this time around is a spielbergian quote from goon a film that is almost the goonies I think that we both have light in our stomachs, a special light, like E.T. And the team needs something to light the way. My stomach light needs your stomach light. We can all phone home together. Can I get a baby Ruth now? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.